What can we do to fight back against big pharma and the compromised medical industry? We can become healthy and break free from the perpetual cycle of being poisoned by criminal organizations like most pharmaceutical companies. Come check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, C60 Purple Power. The benefits of C60 have been personally outstanding. I use it every day and I feel incredible. I have tons of energy, I sleep great, and I haven't even come down with a cold since I started using C60 over two years ago. You can even get C60 for your pets. Do your own research, click the link in the description, and check out their website. If you order from that link or use coupon code KNOWLEDGE10, you get 10% off your order plus free shipping. What is your health worth to you? Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Laura Lee Potvin. First, I have a couple of announcements. If you have a business and you want to advertise with us, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We're doing incredible productions for our affiliates right now. Check out our website, forbiddenknowledge.news, also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network, where you find some of your favorite podcasts from our community. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. Just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus, click the link in the description. You can create a free account, get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. Today I want to welcome Laura Lee Potvin. She is a Canadian clairvoyant medium, crystal Reiki master, energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, medical intuitive, spiritual teacher, mentor, internet radio host, humanitarian activist, and registered nurse. Laura Lee, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Chris. How are you? I'm excellent. It's great to have you back on. I had a wonderful time on your show. I think it was a couple of months ago that we did yes. it. This one is long overdue, but guess what? It's finally happening. You're finally here. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about some profound paranormal experiences mm -hmm. you had, uh, some of which have even been featured on certain paranormal TV shows. Uh, we want to hear all about those as well as your insights, being a medium and intuitive to what's really going on behind the veil when it comes to some of these paranormal experiences uh but really this is your first time on you were on before with karen but this is yeah. your first time by yourself uh tell us a little bit more about yourself your background and how your life became paranormal okay well before we get started chris just so i don't forget i'm we're doing lots of halloween stuff in october october over on our network and we did such an interesting show what we talked about some of the things you've been through that's why i thought this would be a perfect segue so hopefully we'll have you back over in october to continue because oh, you had yeah. us, us people here in this field i'm telling you we get into the paranormal it's crazy so a little bit more about myself i'm a canadian i am a clairvoyant medium a crystal reiki energy healer akashic records practitioner a spiritual teacher and mentor a podcaster of my own show and a registered nurse and i always say i was never looking for the paranormal but the paranormal found us especially me and working as a nurse they also you know i i was never crazy about working evening shifts so i used to work either days or nights and uh, nights on one floor in particular as a new grad as we call ourselves just fresh out of you guys would say college in canada we say university um 
it was just me and another girl for actually that graduated at the same time as I did. So we would have like a hundred patients, I think between the two of us and the strange, unusual, incredible things that would happen. It would just blow your mind. I'm actually writing three books and one of them is collecting the stories of mainly nurses, but also first responders about what we see and witness at the end of life. So fast forwarding, I did hurt my back as a nurse uh, towards the end of my active nursing career. I was working out in the community and I had a patient who covered a big, huge hole in their front steps as I was actually using an alternative entrance to leave. It was a trailer and I uh, covered a hole with a rug and I fell through and shattered all the discs in my back. So I was off. Uh, and have not been able to return to active nursing, nor will I be able to. So I was on my back for many, many years, actually, like literally almost 20 years, but I had to keep busy. So I was all TV gets old very quickly. So I was still married to my first husband, we were living in the home that he grew up in. And uh, his parents had sold it to us. They were getting older. And uh, as soon as I moved into that house, um, we just had tons of problems. Like uh, he has three professional designations. He never seemed to be able to get a job that paid very well. Our second child was born severely, uh, has severe autism. Could these happen to other people in other situations? Absolutely. It just seemed like we could never get ahead, just, just little, little things. And then towards the end of our first marriage, uh, like I said, I had to keep busy. So whether it was courses I was taking online, um, laying down, or I really am very creative. So I was crafting, making dog accessories and things like that. There were times I could get up and go, you know, to a few shops locally around the city. And when I did one day, I had all these people asking oh my gosh, like, I'd love to carry your merchandise. And I, you know, well, let's talk about compensation. Like, do you want a, a piece of, you know, what I earn? No, absolutely not. And I was absolutely astounded. And the night before, my ex and I, Earl, and he's consented to this, he knows I talk about this, he consented even to be on the TV show, they just chose not to include him. Anyways, uh, we watched The Secret, it had just come out. And this was probably about 15, 16 years ago from today. And like I said, the following day, I went to these shops and I came home and I said to Earl, my gosh, I said, this is, this is shocking. Like I said, everywhere I went today, people wanted to sell my pet accessories and jewelry I'm making, but they didn't want a commission. And I remember him laughing and saying, maybe it's the secret at work. (laughs) Well, fast forward to going to bed that night, and I had a dream that is so clear, like so real, it's like it happened 10 minutes ago. There used to be a tree in my previous home where this all occurred, and I was outside with this tree that was nighttime, and as I look up, there's a man sitting in the tree. And I always say, I'm not a high maintenance type of person, but you could tell it was very expensive clothing. It was a dark charcoal, charcoal uh, colored pinstripe suit, all three pieces. And then uh, white, white silk, crisp shirts, black tie, but he had his hair. It was all black and slicked back and cut to about here behind his ears. And he had very closely, closely trimmed, full goatee and mustache. But as I kept looking upwards, I could see his skin was kind of this pale, sickly, almost greenish tinge. Like you wouldn't look at him and think like Frankenstein or Hulk green, but you could see it was sickly, but it was his eyes. They were like pure black and then they would go to flame. And he said, hello, Laura Lee in the dream. And I won't say because it's not radio friendly what I said, but basically, who are you? And he said, well, firstly, you know that little business that you have, your little trip yesterday all around? He said, that is nothing what happened with your little business. I can give you wealth. I can give you fame. I can give you anything beyond your wildest dreams. He said, all you have to do is agree to follow me. Again, in the dream, not radio friendly, what I told him, including demanding to tell me, who are you? He proceeded to tell me, He was a demon. He told me his name, 
Now, I was raised Roman Catholic. I went to Catholic school for most of my education. I was forced to go to church. Um, I'd never heard this name before. He then spelt it for me. And again, and much more emphatically, I told him to get the, you know what, out. Absolutely not. I'm not following you. And he went like this to me. And I still remember very mockingly. Oh, no, 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 no. Every time you see a crow or a raven, you'll know who it is. And I remember in the dream, and I'm getting goosebumps telling you this is <laughs> super hot. And I remember calling on Archangel Michael, and there was this brilliant royal blue flash, silver, and then white. And I woke up completely soaking wet, like from sweat, shaking and crying. And I am not a crier. I've never had a dream like that. And basically after the dream, all heck broke loose in our home. What were the series of events that uh, that occurred after this that kind of uh, led to the chaos? Okay. So uh, again, it was like, you know, the whole time we were living in that home, my ex-husband just didn't seem himself. Like he just, I kept talking to him about maybe, you know, you need to go to the doctor. Like, are you depressed? Like he just had no motivation. He just, he wasn't himself. And so our marriage did break up shortly after that. And I'm now with who I'm with today, uh, Del, and he's in part of the episode on TV. But anyways, what happened while Earl was there and I still, it was little things after that. It was, you know, everybody usually keeps their keys in the regular spot by the door. Not everybody, but most of us, like if you're in a hurry to run out, you know where they are. So, you know, I'd be getting ready to go out. I would put my phone up. There was a shelf right by the door, right? The keys are there. Bend down to put my shoes on. Stand up. Keys are gone. And I'm like, am I going crazy? And you start looking around, ripping stuff up. Like, what did I do? Did they fall? Like, where are they? And then finally, like, okay. I don't have the keys. Um, you know, we had an extra set, but like my husband, I'm saying partner, that's what Dell is now. My husband at the time, he'd have the other set, right? So I think, okay, well, I guess I'm not going out. And you go on with your day and say an hour or two later, you go check the mailbox for the mail or some flyers are dropped off. There's your damn keys sitting exactly where you left them. Mm. So it was things like that. And, um, during that time, uh, my marriage ended and I had been friends with Del, who I'm with now romantically. I call him my partner, our common law, I guess. And um, he moved in. And again, strange little things like this, like things would go missing. You knew you put it somewhere and couldn't find it. Uh, my, I should also add another aspect to this. I have two boys. My eldest, he's now 27. Uh, ever since we moved in that home and he was 15 months old at the time when we did, he kept always saying something in my closet, something in my closet, like closet. And it got to the point, you know, how you, people always check on their kids at nighttime or, you know, anything that's in your care, whether it's a pet and I'm not calling my child a thing, but I mean, a pet to your kids, if you're looking up, you always check when you go to bed. Right. And he used to be up on a bunk bed when he was little with a desk and play area underneath. And it got to the point after this dream that you would go in there and you'd find him on his back in a pool of vomit. He had no idea he had, had gotten sick. And there was nothing medically wrong. I'd had him at the doctor, but my being a nurse, I was like, oh my God, is this child going to choke? Like, you know, and you'd have to strip the whole bed apart, get him up. This is like, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night. It would happen at least four or five times a week. It got worse and worse for him to the point that probably by the time he was about five or six, he wouldn't sleep in his bedroom anymore. He had a futon mattress by our bed in the bed in the bedroom. And Curiously enough, that never happened again. Him laying in a pool of vomit, not realizing he had been sleeping, you know, that while he'd been sleeping. So again, coincidence, maybe something else. I don't know, but it's awfully odd that we moved him out of that room and he didn't have any problem. Now, my second child um, that has aut severe autism, he's now 24. So he wasn't verbal 
till probably around six years of age. But when he kept, could speak, he kept saying the same thing. Something in my closet, he would say, our closet. Both of them talked that way when they were little. And he would say, wed eyes, mommy, wed eyes. And he'd point. And he was talking about red eyes he kept seeing. So all this stuff was going on, just little, little things. Once Dell moved in, um, again, same crap, if you will, just little annoyances, like things going missing that, you know, you put something somewhere and what have you. And then one night and Del, we had given my old bedroom with my ex-husband to my eldest son, because he was sleeping in there anyways. And we had, a, there was a bedroom in the basement. That was where Dell and I had our bedroom. And it was about 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. And we heard this horrific crash upstairs. We came running upstairs. My eldest met me in the kitchen. We had kind of like, um, almost like a roundabout, almost semi-open concept underneath the cupboards in the kitchen into the dining room. Now, the cupboards in the kitchen, say we're looking at a wall here, on the opposite side, we were in the dining room, okay? And there was an open area between the cupboards and the counter. There's a reason I'm telling you this. So on that wall in the dining room, I had a little curio cabinet, I call it. It was probably about three, four pounds because we're trying to figure out where the heck did this noise come from? So we finally realized when we look over into the living room, my curio cabinet is about probably about 12 feet away from where it was on the wall. And the glass is all broken. I had a bunch of little things from my childhood, like trinkets and stuff like that. So we start looking like, how the heck did this get here? So we look, and I have pictures, I've sent them to you, on the wall, okay, that those hooks are so firm, you couldn't pull it with your fingers, but the one on the left is bent down, the one on the right is still there, and on the back of the curio cabinet, the hooks are still there. So what we figure happened is somehow that cabinet came off the wall, flew to the left, okay, must have hit the wall to the left about four feet. As it hit the wall, it flew into the living room. But as it was going past the counter, Chris, it cut the portable phone, the caller ID, and the answering machine cords like it had been cut with a scalpel. So that was when we knew we had something crazy going on. Yeah, no other Man, explanation. That that mm -hmm. is we, we've got a lot to uh to break down. <laughs> I want to go back to the first incident mm -hmm. where this this being uh kind of appeared to you in a dream mm -hmm. state. Uh do you think that there was any catalyst for this? Did, were you doing anything that could have maybe invited this into your your uh, reality? No, and I'm glad you asked that because I should have I should have said, yeah, we're not playing with Ouija boards or you know the usual that you hear. The only thing that I can say that maybe could have caused an interest. I should also add to that these abilities exist on my father's side too. So I don't know if something had that, that had to do with it, but I, I don't know if something followed me home because I worked extensively in palliative care uh, in one of the most dangerous, roughest parts of town, lots of murders, kidnappings, drug, alcohol abuse, like really people in a lot of need. But we know, and it's with no prejudice towards any community, but when we use substances like that or have areas, as you well know, of great sadness in the way of murders, kidnappings, what, you know, rapes, whatever, it can invite that kind of energy in. So it could have been that or um, probably about a year, about probably just before this dream occurred, I started, I was going for a tattoo and the lady that I was at the tattoo place said, you have two very special children. And I said, well, all children are special. Thank you. And she said, no, they're, they're very special. And she said, do you mind if I try something with them? I said, well, as long as you're not going to hurt them. So I wasn't sure at the time what she was doing. I do know now she was taking crystals and checking their energy and what have you. And then she looked up and she said, what do you do? I said, well, what do you mean? What do I do? She goes, I'm picking up stuff about you. And I said, well, I'm, I'm a nurse and explain my situation. She goes, no, no, something else. 
And she said, is there anything that you sort of feel drawn to? And I said, well, I've always loved unicorns and, you know, the fae or fairies. I said, angels are kind of cool. And she said, hang on. And she went in the back room and she came back with this box and she handed it to me. And I said, what is this? She said, you'll know. And I said, okay, well, when do you want it back? You'll know. So what she had handed me were angel oracle cards. And we're now good friends. So I know she didn't send anything with it or there's any bad energy attached to it. So I did take a certified angel card reading course at the time. So maybe did I open the doorway with getting, you know, starting that type of journey? I don't know. So that's basically all I can add. I know it's a bit of a long answer, but no, that's It'll be that questions great. in people's minds. I know it will be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, now I'm going to try and pull up some of these pictures that you were mm -hmm. just discussing, uh, and maybe you could describe what sure. we're seeing here. That was a normal picture. That was what was caught uh, on I camera. See. Now I know why. I don't have it in front of me. You got to remember, these pictures were taken throughout the years, right? So that's why I, I included it for reference. That's okay. why. There so where did that come from? Yeah, exactly. We'll go back to the first one. Where, where in the corner was this? This was be? in the most active uh, part of the basement. Yes, mm -hmm. there was a lot of clutter. It had my craft room stuff because that's where it used to be in the old bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I think we had some activity in that corner. It was hearing something or feeling something. So I just felt like I needed to start. I took pictures of everything practically. Now, what are we looking at here? Go, okay. So we had security cameras because everything, every house in that neighborhood had been broken into except ours because I was home all the time, middle-class, regular neighborhood. Um, so when all this activity started, the security cameras stopped being able to record. We don't know why we had the box into them. We had them come to our house. They get it going. So we could see what was on the monitor. We had it in our bedroom. So I tried to document most things because I knew nobody was going to believe me if I tried to tell them. Now, what we realized is because Dell has abilities and so do I. We had four main entities in that home and many little drop-ins and pop-ins. So this is one of them. And what had happened was this is a neighbor's car in the front yard, we can see it through the security camera. This was taken off the security camera monitor. It's the best we could do. And Dell goes, what's that little lady doing sitting in front of the, the car? He'd had a few beers, right? And I'm looking at this. I hadn't had anything to drink. And I went, Dell, that's, that's no little old lady. And I'm looking, looking, looking. Now, if you can see, it almost looks like a very short person with a black hood, white face. On, you can see almost like little black for their eyes. Some people have thought it's a dog in the middle. It's not. If you got to kind of look back from it and look at the whole picture. But the reason, uh, so I took a picture of this and then I took a picture. Uh, Del, um, watched the monitor downstairs. I ran upstairs and took one from the front door, almost like three seconds apart to show you there was nothing there. So what was showing up on our security camera? But the four main entities we had, we had a shadow or hat man. We had a female, I would call her a shapeshifter. She could mimic voices, um, change shape, what have you. And then what everybody in the home, my, all the boy, my two boys and Del named, the shy guy. So if you've ever played Super Mario, there's the little guy that looks like the little Grim Reaper with the white, um, white Jason hockey mask from the horror mm -hmm. movie with the big eyes. That's So yeah, that was taken like two, two three seconds apart out mm. the front door so what was on the security monitor when you go back right that's and then you go up that's why i took it for reference because right. there was nothing out there yeah. that is very interesting so right. some of the pictures maybe of the monitor because like i said that was the best that we could do i'm actually writing a book about this whole story because it's just very long very involved this is like sort of an overview but some of the evidence that i sent you and some pictures i haven't released they're uh like i have a burn on my tailbone that looks like somebody took a cigar dell has a bite mark on his right buttock cheek that looks like it's not human I, I can send it to you if you want, and you can, um, I've got it cropped, but that's where it was. But I, I mean, I want to put his butt out there, even if it's, and if it's cropped, people are going to go, 
what is that? What is that of? What it, where? But other yeah. people experienced activity in our home, so it wasn't just our family or what have you. So, and all the activity that you experienced, do you th- did it have this kind of malevolent feel to it? Was anything positive? Uh, no, no. And okay. I don't. You know what? That's the thing that really puzzled me because. When this started, like I told you, we were looking for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was aware of the paranormal, um, but I had no interest in it. And I started locally looking for help. Then I started looking uh, regionally in the province, then Canada-wide, North America-wide. It, it, I went all over the world looking for help, looking for answers. And in the meantime, learning and researching, sometimes 18, 20 hours a day, because Sometimes it got pretty bad. Like Dell was thrown 15 feet across the kitchen. Um, and he's a skeptic still to this day. So we kind of meet in the middle. And he didn't even tell me for two days. He'd been upstairs at three in the morning making a sandwich, bending down in front of the fridge. And next thing you knew, he said he found himself throwing kitty quarter across the kitchen, cut his arm. And he said he was looking for the mustard. And he said he didn't even know what had happened. But he said when he stood up and he turned around, the mustard was on the counter. He he didn't see a fly or anything, but he couldn't figure out what happens. We didn't say anything to me. So he took a circuit tester and he had the fridge apart. He's testing all the circuits. He thought maybe he'd gotten a shot. There was nothing wrong with the fridge. Like We had crazy, crazy stuff happening in this house. But my whole point is, very quickly, is that, um, you know, you hear people and believe me, I had lots of things people suggested we try, what we do, what have you. Nothing ever got rid of it. As we go through the story, the only thing that really helped was being able to understand the principles of energy and high vibration versus low. It did get rid of it, but it stopped a lot of the physical attacks. Yeah, I have some more. I have these EVPs mm-hmm. that you sent me that I want to pull up. Um, mm-hmm. How long did this whole ordeal last? How long did you stay in this house? Well, we Dell stopped working. He wasn't able to work. He got really sick. Um, it was like the whole neighborhood was affected. I ended up losing my home because I had a neighbor. Her daughter used to babysit for me. He'd stand in front of the grass on the sidewalk and measure it. And if it was like one one hundredth of an inch over regulation at the city bylaw officer nonstop. And what had happened was everything in the house was breaking. We went through 13 tires on my old vehicle. All the batteries in the vehicles would be dead at the same time. So this particular summer, we had gone through four lawnmowers and the grass was quite long in the backyard, but we were fenced. We knew the city bylaws. We had to, because the guy would just be calling them incessantly. He knew we had security cameras. He would go with a ruler. I kid you not and measure the grass. There could be grass down the street that was this high. They didn't care about that. So what had happened was uh, we were out at Dell's family's camp and my eldest son was home. And I guess the bylaw officer showed up and broke into the backyard and cut our grass because it was this long. And I got like a $2,000 bill for 45 minutes of work. And we knew the bylaw. They had no right being in our backyard. The only way they could go in there is if it was an environmental hazard or could be seen from the front yard. And none of those things were, could happen. So uh, I just gone through a divorce that cost me $80,000. Who has that, right? And um, so I had to go through pro bono legal advice. And it wasn't that I didn't want to pay my property taxes. I paid my mortgage. I paid my bills. But beyond the pro bono legal service, and I was working with them, had said, um, yeah, if you pay your property taxes, it means that you're in agreement with this, this fine, right? So that's how I lost my home was because of the non-payment of property taxes. But I looked at it as a gift, Chris. We lost everything. And you know what? I am thrilled where I am. Uh, I have incredible neighbors. We We have a few little things here and there with paranormal activity. I know I'm getting a bit off track here, but. No, that, that's all right. Uh, do you, well, do you think that there is is just a, a level of just awareness that you have that kind of uh, gives you insight into what could be happening at all times in many different places, but normal people don't really just pick up on it? Yes, absolutely. Same thing. I think that people think, like I always laugh when you hear people saying that 3 a.m. is the witching hour. Yes, I agree. 
But do we really cause that to occur? We have, we are powerful with our minds because it's always 3 a.m. practically somewhere in the world, right? And I agree. Yes, you will see more activity around that time. But why? Because it's a collective belief that it happens at 3 a.m. Because just as much stuff happens in the daytime, just right. People have a false sense of security. They're busy. There's a ton of people around. You're not hearing every noise. You're not necessarily noticing it, right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm, now I'm going to pull up some of these EVPs. Where, where mm-hmm. did these take place? In the same house? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Most active part of the basement. Now, this is a friend of mine, Jason Bland, who has Paranormal Soup on Facebook and YouTube on Sunday nights. <laughs> You're the last caller. Don't hang up. No, I think. Okay. Yeah, there it goes again. going to whistle as a song. It's a, it is a song. It looks like it's like in, in a tune. It's like old time western. That would be a shootout. <laughs> now I'm the pause. This what again is going on right here? Okay, so Jason, like I said, has a weekly live show on Facebook and YouTube for Paranormal Soup. Mm-hmm. And he, it was his annual Halloween show. So he is doing, he doesn't do ITC all the time. So you can call in and he'll have an app, an EVP type app. They try different ones and they record what comes through. So they didn't know I was going to call in. I was actually watching the Chester Bennington Memorial concert and I went, Oh crap. I missed Her- paranormal soup. Cause I used to call in every week. Like when you go to Jason's paranormal soup YouTube channel, you can go back in the day and you'll see all kinds of stuff. Cause I used to call in video on Skype. You hear stuff, you'll see shadows in the back. You'll see all kinds of stuff anyway. So I called in here. So nobody knew I was calling in. This was live and I was calling from the most active part of, the basement in my house at the time right on all right let me play this again talk to him literally see if we can get him to talk to you talk to him yeah yeah okay got to see you there you got a smart out that i always cut through and i'm talking to somebody um chandra got all kinds of funny stuff coming through well, dude, you got anything you to, to say now up. I heard it say "shut up." Did you not hear really? that? <laughs> I it thought I heard that up. too. It said "shut like up." Yeah. That's just that I see you. <laughs> I don't know, but I can't wait to listen back to that one. I just need to whisper. I see you. I see you. Wow, that was weird. How the thing gets all of a sudden—it's like it goes from like nothing to off the charts loud. <laughs> Freaky. DSEST Rijiki Omni and Yelawa. DSEST Rijiki Omni and Yelawa. What? Who said that? Who said that? I don't know. Who who said that? No one. That was from the app. No. Never. That was a man. Yeah, I know. I don't it was know a what foreign it's language, was it? Yeah. I have no idea what it said. It has never done that for me. I don't know what the hell that was. I've watched your guys' video. I've never heard it come through like that ever. Okay, so um, is this the smart, you. the smart Alec that talks to Laura Lee? What was that? I don't know. Can you say? Can you speak again? Can you say that again? We got excited. It took us by surprise and. We didn't hear you. That was really creepy. There was one that was very mm-hmm. distinct. That's probably some of the clearest EVPs. Oh, it gets heard. worse. It gets oh, worse gosh. at the end because when towards the end, it's a long video, but um, I've sent you the links. I don't know if you're able to post them or not, Chris, but it calls Jason by name. I was expecting it. It's like, I was expecting it. It's like, it's like the floor. Okay, I heard, I heard it say my name in a whisper. That ain't cool. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one. Wow. That's pretty It's incredible. all clear. 
it's all clear what comes through and I've called in lots of times. I don't, I'm too busy now, but I used to attend his show every week and I would call in, especially when he did ITC because he only did it about once a month, month and a half. Mm. And um, I have all kinds of stuff that came through, but these two are just mind blowing what came through the 2017 and the 2018 because it says Dell's name in the second one and Dell was nowhere in the room he had nothing to do with this he was watching tv like it's just crazy what was going on in this house are you at a crossroads in life with unanswered questions how does your past connect to your present life October Hallam can help you discover how your past connects to your present and is shaping your future. October is an intuitive, healer, empath, and medium with over 20 years of experience helping people navigate through some of life's greatest challenges. A recent client from Egypt says, October is pure magic. We keep coming back for more and recommended her to our closest friends. If you would like to book a session with October, please contact her at theancientgift222 at gmail.com. Yeah, that is. Uh, now, you also had you did an episode of Travel Channel's Paranormal Survivor based on some of the stuff that mm -hmm. was going on, right? We did. And you know what? I'm very great. What had happened was I contacted them. Because I was still looking for help at that time. I was more knowledgeable, but no matter what we were doing, what we were trying, like I said, I understood about energy principles and vibration by that time, but I wanted it to stop. Anyways, um, <coughs> excuse me, I contacted the show and they said, well, we're just about fil finished filming for this season, but uh, we could maybe do another episode. Do you think you'll be down in Toronto? And I live in Ontario, but where I live is smack dab in the middle of Canada. It's called Thunder Bay. It's on the shores of the Great Lake of um, North Superior, the biggest one. So I'm about six and a half hours north of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'm only about 35, 40 minutes away from the U.S.-Canada border. So um, to get to Toronto... You can't go through the lakes. You have to drive all the way around them. So that's like a 22-hour drive or to fly. I have no idea why it's so expensive. But it's it, last minute can be $2,500 per person to fly down there. So I said to the person, okay, I'll see if maybe there's a seat sale. She goes, well, you know what? Just, just tell me your story a little bit. So I start telling her. She goes, maybe our, our producer might be able to help you out with like maybe some supper or something I hope you guys can make it down here. Let me go talk to him. I'll call you back. Call me back in 10 minutes and said, we're flying you down, uh, taking care of everything. We, we need to share this story. So I'm very grateful they shared it. They were wonderful to us. They, uh, they interviewed us for six hours. We had no say in what went through in the episode. We didn't speak to the actors that did the reenactments or the psychics that commented on the episodes. So two things. First of all, one of them that commented, Michelle DeRocher, we didn't know her at the time. We've never met her. She's now in our network and we know her quite well. So kind of come full circle. Now, um, let's just say the actor that portrays myself really, really took her role quite seriously. So the way they show things that happened really didn't quite happen that way, except the last part of the episode. And um, she was really over the top. I'm not, I'm a pretty calm kind of person. Like I don't rattle easily and I don't yell or like there's one part where it shows she's like hitting the actor that portrays Dell and beating him and hitting him. And it's like, that never happened. Or this ballerina dance that she's doing, that never happened. But like I said, I'm still grateful they shared the story because it's, allowed me to meet some wonderful people like yourself and Karen Holt and many people. Yeah. And what, like you're saying about the reenactments with some of these, that's one of the main reasons why I can't watch any of the haunting shows or things like that is because they, they dramatize it so much to where yeah. the actual event is, is so fictionalized by the time you watch it, it's not even Absolutely. what really happened. Uh, so, but do tell us what, what were some of the events that they were trying to portray in this? 
So we did have somebody locally come to try and clear the house. Um, I met her on the steps and she came. It was the lady with the angel cards. Actually, I had called her and said, do you know anybody that might be able to help us? And so I researched this woman that came and I realized that I had worked with her mother as a community visiting nurse, but her mother was a secretary in the office. She was a lovely lady. So I met her, I'll call her Katie. I won't use her real name. Um, I met Katie on the front steps and she arrived and she said to me, my guides and angels have told me that to be prepared for the fight of my life and uh, to bring everything I have. Her mother had just recently passed away. So we talked quite a bit about her mom and what have you. I believe she's the real deal, but she is all love and light. I do not think she was prepared for what had happened. Chris, I wish to God I had known what had happened when she tried what she did. So the show did show that, but she had been asked to, to be part of the show and she politely declined. So of course we respected that. So her role is portrayed by a gentleman. But when you watch the episode, and I have to agree everything you've said about these shows, but you would not believe how many people believe it's all real, like what the actors are doing. So in the episode, uh, it's a guy and the girl is that supposedly is me and we're in this room and it's so cheesy. He's in there going, demon, be gone, demon, be gone. And all, I forget what happens in the episode. And all of a sudden you see the guy running out of the room and slamming the door. So excuse my language for saying this. First time Del and I watched this, we couldn't stop laughing. We're going, see you later, biatch. I won't say the word, biatch, you're on your own. <laughs> That's the way they portrayed it. I had also got a burn on my arm because I originally, uh, after all the information I've been given in that dream, about 10 or 11 years later, so you know, I used to get people contacting me too because I was podcasting with my own show on a previous network before Monday through Friday. So people start to you know get to know kind of who you are. And in the episode, they they showed it like it all ran together, and it didn't. But um, this person contacted me and said they had had a dream. They had been given a name, and they were wondering if it was demonic. And I said, well, not everything's demonic. It's actually quite rare. I am not an expert in demons, but I would certainly take a look for you. As I took a look, I just about fell off my chair because right there on the page was the exact name I had been given, the exact spelling I had been given, the exact animal form I had been given. Now, I don't repeat the, the name. I've had many people contact me. I'm not afraid of it. I just refuse to give it any more energy, but it's a short name. And um, I, 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 it rhymes with a certain word, B-O-M-B, I'll say. That's what it rhymes with. That was a name I'd been given. I'd never heard it before, but so it was verified for me. Anyways, they didn't show that. But the reason I brought this up is in the house, like all kinds of strange things were going on and happening. So one day um, our oven didn't work anymore brand new album. Um, everything was broken in my house and no reason why didn't matter if they replaced it, what just wouldn't work. So the elements wouldn't work in my stove. So I, my eldest son only eats chicken nuggets and um, or chicken fingers and fries thing with autism. So I had to use the broiler to cook his food. So as I was taking his food out one day, the oven was right down and I pulled it out and the oven door slammed up and closed on my arm. And when I pulled it out, it hurt horrifically as it would as a, like a burn. And when it happened, I was looking around, I'm thinking, did my, I had a shepherd, German shepherd, like, was the dog here? Did the dog hit it? Like, what happened? There was no explanation for why it closed on my arm. But the weird thing about this burn was, as we all know, especially being a nurse, that a burn usually gets red, hot, and may blister, what have you. This did not blister. It didn't get red, but when you held it up, you could see it was all silvery and it hurt so badly. And then 12 hours later, it turned black, almost like a brand. And the reason why I brought up about finding his name, it was somebody that was sort of, you know, helping with what I was going through, trying to help with the research and stuff. It looked like this thing sigil, if you will, outline the burn. So they showed that in the episode. That's my whole long story, but that's, I had to give some context to it. Right. So they showed that. Mm -hmm. 
Now, do you think this was actually uh, demonic entities that you were dealing with? Uh, I know there's a lot of misunderstandings and people have this under uh, different understandings of what they consider demons to be. Uh, some people think it's just, you know, evil spirits that are, you know, humans that have uh, become corrupted in, in this, these different mm -hmm. realms. Mm -hmm. uh, others believe that they're older entities, uh, you know, older than humanity. Uh, what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on what you were dealing with there? Okay. You know, my, my views and beliefs have changed in so many different ways because I also had some time, um, missing time. We talked about on my show with your story you shared. It always seems people have paranormal experiences somehow almost have these, these UFO or, you know, missing time, ET. That's another story for another time. But that had happened to me as well. So I don't know. Like in the beginning, I believed it for what it was. But, at, you know, over the years, becoming more experienced and more knowledgeable, was it something pretending to be demonic? Whatever it was, it was very powerful physically, very powerful. Um, I spoke to probably hundreds of people from around the world, and I, most people felt it was demonic. I never had somebody tell me that otherwise it wasn't, as the word infestation was used quite a bit. About well, it's, it's pretty house. profound that you had that dream with this entity that identified mm -hmm. as a demon to you and mm -hmm. and it was and they don't do the... that. They don't right. do that. They're not going to tell you their name because that's how you get rid of them. They're not mm -hmm. going to tell you how to spell it or their animal form. So the other thing people ask me and I got to add this quickly. No, I don't have an attachment. I didn't have an attachment. The one thing we were told that this entity wanted mm. was my youngest son. He was disabled. The only thing standing in his way were me and Dell and his father at the time when I had been married to him because he was so innocent and so pure. Do I know if that was true or not? I don't know. Maybe some, what, uh, sometimes what we're dealing with is different uh, energies uh, that mm -hmm. only identify to us what they think that we can believe, yes. what they think and we I'm can handle. And I'm open to that because I don't have all the answers. And mm -hmm. you know what? I, I'm willing to entertain any kind of discussion with people. I think there's so much that we can learn from one another. Because, for example, I had somebody contact me that worked specifically with demons. Like we're talking like calling them in and doing work together. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he had seen our episode. And the reason what drew me into speaking with him is he sent me three names. And one of them was the name that I had been given. I had an incredible conversation with him on the phone. He didn't use demonic entities to hurt other people or what he was actually going in to be a priest at, um, sorry, pastor at the time. A very interesting story. I had him on my show and a uh, fascinating guy. Um, he said he did some work to get rid of it. Now, remotely, I don't know if he did because I don't live there anymore. I don't speak to the people that own the house now. So I have no idea. But I have to agree with you, Chris. Like, can we, like, Dell won't call this demonic because he says it's unexplainable. He's tried to debunk it six ways to Sunday. And on the show, they tried to get him to say it. He would not say it. No, how, no way would he say it. So again, what was it? Yeah, so much of this paranormal activity and what we even consider to be even ufology, it's all, mm -hmm. it seems to be connected to our conscious and it seems yeah. to be such a personal experience for each different person that mm -hmm. these entities could even be some type of, of tricksters that the only way you're going to get the true nature of what they're trying to to um, to to do to you or trying to get you to do <laughs> is by understanding that they are indeed uh, trying to trick you in the beginning and give you a different understanding of either something in your life or something that could be occurring true. around you to, to yeah. even for spiritual growth purposes. You know, I agree with you. I always say this, and I've said it many times on my show. You know, every now and then we'll talk about this. There'll be new people watching. They'll want to know more about it. I wouldn't wish our experience on a blade of grass, but do I look back in it in anger, regret, wishing it had never happened? No, because I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. I would not be on the path that I'm on right now. So yes, exactly what you said is very profound. I almost look at it like it was, it was the, 
the pushing point, the, the trigger, if you will, to get me what I think I'm meant to be doing on this planet. So I have to agree with you. Now, how did you get into uh, Reiki healing and uh, practicing with the Akashic Records and things of this nature? Well, like I said, I, I had started this spiritual journey before all this happened. And like I had said to you, being laying on your back, TV gets old pretty quick. So I've always, I was going, I wanted to be a doctor actually before I hurt my back. So I love learning, love doing all this stuff. So once I took my certified um, angel oracle card course, I had taken it actually with Doreen Virtue at the time. That's a whole different story because now she's gone completely to the religious side. But I still look at what she was teaching with value because it resonates with me and just because she's changed her mind, I still find it useful and valuable. So as I started, like I said, I was researching, I was reading, I was talking to people. I mean, I was willing, I wasn't being gullible because there's many times people told us stuff to do that we had, we done it knowing what I know now, we would have caused way more issues. Like, so I wasn't foolish about it, but I, I was almost like I, the door had been opened. And as I always say about the paranormal, we think life is big. The paranormal is infinitesimal when it comes to the size and amount of knowledge. So as I kept going further and further and learned about more and more things, I just went where I felt drawn. And I mean, being a nurse, we love to help people. Um, I've always been, especially out in the community, because you work on your own. I can walk into somebody's house and I don't say this with arrogance or ego, but I can see say a wound that's not healing or something and know what it needs to heal. My family very rarely has to go to the hospital or the ER. Um, am I fooling around with things I shouldn't be? No. But even though I come from a big pharma background, I still very much believe in if we can use something natural, we do. And so um yeah, I've just also, you know, kind of had that ability. So anyways, my whole point about that, that's what I think drew me to the Akashic Records. I'd, once I found out what they were, I just sort of felt obsessed about it. I had to know more. I wanted to, I really wanted to know about it. And then Reiki, I had Reiki done on myself mm. and didn't really understand it. Didn't know what had happened. Being a chronic pain sufferer, I just knew it worked. And this is sort of a newer modality that involves chakra work and, and, you know, sealing and finding holes and cracks in people's auras. And it kind of incorporates a lot of what I was already learning about and knowing. And I love it. I need to make a video. I keep saying this because people have no idea what's involved with, with Crystal Reiki. Yeah, I, I sure don't. I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about it myself. First, I do want to get your, your thoughts on the Akashic Records in general. To me, it just seems like a, a way for our consciousness to connect to the information from everything else's collective consciousness. Um, I believe that I've had maybe temporary access during certain experiences, during certain meditative experiences where things would just flood in all kinds of information I didn't understand at the time. It would trickle through later and I'd have a little bit better understanding but to you uh have you ever had this uh, complete access to this information and what is it to you okay so i took two courses and after the first course i realized i've been doing it all along so basically for people that don't know what the akashic records are it is you may have heard of it as a hall of records whatever you may want to call it and different people describe it. Some people say it's a big library. We were taught that it, you, if you want to look at it as a doorway going into a building, it's almost like opening up into a galaxy. So what it is, it's supposedly records of whatever was, ever is, and whatever will be. And we're talking everything. Everything that's created on this planet, including people, you, animals, you name it. So... When you just mentioned, that's why I was smiling when you said, you think that this has happened during meditation? Absolutely. Because basically when you go into the records, like you can do things like clearing karma and, um, you know, say you've made some agreements with other people. I, this will probably be in my book about this, but there, there was somebody I have come face to face with somebody possessed that I knew, um, and I actually worked with my mentor because I was so freaked out 
when this happened. They were levitating on camera. I swear to God, do you have a witness to this? Because <laughs> I did find somebody in Canada at the time this had happened at three in the morning. There's another story. I have, I, if there's crazy, it will find me. I'm, I'm serious. So um, I'd worked with her and she cleared any previous agreements or whatever that I had with this person. And we were friends. Um, but she was a, a person that would dabble with the paranormal. And a little bit of knowledge is dangerous and would do silly stuff. And long story short, I, I saw what happened with it. But the interesting thing well, was. What, hap what, what happened? Did, could you tell us a little bit about the incident of her <laughs> levitating? Okay. <laughs> so what happened was um, I'd met them through the paranormal things. Wonderful person, really lovely person. But they had had the strange and unusual really awful things happening paranormally around them. Their mother had been a witch that had passed away and um, they, they have a heart of gold. So I don't ever want to say anything evil or nasty about this person. I still love them dearly to this day, but they were at a really difficult time in their life. They were getting, um, I believe it was like their second mother to them that was, was terminal and was passing away. And they were, they had two children. They were trying to one with autism as well trying to, you know, work full time, be a single mom, running up and back and forth to the hospital. Basically, they were drained energetically. And they had all kinds of crazy stuff going on. When we were, we would talk on video, you'd see all kinds of stuff going on, all kinds of stuff, just like kind of like what was at my house. So anyways, while this was going on, we were talking over video one day, it was an evening. And they said to me, um, I don't know why I forgot. I've got these mirrors under my bed. I said, what? You've got mirrors under your bed. We've been talking for like how many years and you're just telling me this now? Girl, those need to come out of there. Because I was talking to her, there's knocking going on in her closet door. Or the closet doors kind of opening that. She had all kinds of crazy stuff. So she goes to go pull the, the mirror out and it's this big giant antique mirror and I'm going where did that come from she goes I think my mother-in-law found it at a garage sale and then she starts putting two and two together when she received it in the previous place she had lived they had all kinds of crazy paranormal stuff going on anyways when she pulls the mirror out there um as she's about to do it this water bottle comes flying out from underneath the bed and she goes, I'm a little bit afraid to pull the second one out. And I said, well, I'm here with you. You got to get them out of there. As she pulls it out, Chris, I just about died. I wish I'd taken a picture of this. Again, another huge antique mirror had like a big, like something had been hit in the middle of the mirror and cracked to all the, I get goosebumps telling you this, all cracked, like something had broken out of the mirror. Okay. So I said to her, you got to get those mirrors out of your house. So they were really, really, really heavy. So she ended up putting them out on her front porch. Long story short, a good friend of mine who works with this kind of energy, we were on a three-way call and we were, were talking and trying to explain to her how to bind these mirrors. And um, we started noticing some strange stuff like, like if she tried to say the word like angel or God, she kind of couldn't, right? Long story short, you could tell she was really tired, really drained, got off the phone. So I spoke to her the next evening and there was quite a time change between where I live and she lives. And I was saying the mutual friend that I had that was trying to help, she said, you know, energetically, she could help with this. As I went to say this person's name, the friend of mine, person on the video completely changed completely Chris it was the craziest thing I have never seen such a look of evil looking in somebody's eyes their son was there I I, I, I this is going to sound nuts for people to listen to this woman was looking at her son who wouldn't have touched hair on his head had this been who she really is all of a sudden her son is doubling over screaming in pain and she's laughing this is happening to the dog and all this. Like I said, you can see I have goosebumps on my arms telling you this. Then, um, then it was like she was back. She's like she snapped out of it. 
but she was so tired. And like I said, again, couldn't say anything to do with angels, Jesus, God. It, it literally was like she was being blocked. Her son went, went to bed and we were talking, talking, talking. And again, all of a sudden she's not there anymore. And again, I don't even know how to describe this look of evil. I will tell you, I just never want to look at that face again. And it wasn't her. And it wasn't even talking like her. And all of a sudden, and it's laughing at me. And all of a sudden it starts, she's slumped over. And all of a sudden she's like levitating on video. And I'm going, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. Who can I call? What can I do? Like, oh, because I've never dealt with this at this point. And I had a friend that worked in the paranormal. He lives out in BC. I got a hold of him because he was the only person online. He witnessed some of this stuff. So I can tell you it happened. It wasn't just me. I took a picture. I couldn't even get video to work. We had, then when I, um, that all happened. So that night it hung up on me. I'm going to say it because it wasn't her. Now I've been raised Roman Catholic. I believe in God or source, but I no longer follow Catholicism. But I was praying and I was saying our father in my head. Okay. I swear to God, I got a message from her saying, cut that effing crap out. I know you're praying for me. Stop. Okay. How do you know that? I'm not on the video with you. I'm not talking to you. And then about an hour and a half later, I get another message that says, it's time. But this time I was PO'd. So I wrote back and said, time for what? I never heard back. The next day I got a hold of my mentor with the Akashic Records and talked to her about this. Like, because I didn't know who to talk to about this. I didn't know what to do. Like, how do I deal with this? Um, I'm good friends with Bill Bean now. I even tried to contact Bill Bean to try and help her. I, I People don't know him. He does a lot of stuff with um, deliverances and what have you. I didn't know what else to do. So the relationship just sort of gently fell away. But my whole point is, this really happened. And I have numerous witnesses to this. That's incredible. You did you actually have a, a recording of her levitating? I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, on my old computer, I have um, I have a picture, but it just shows from her shoulders to her face up. Mm. And again, I'm not saying her name or trying to give identifying right. details because I don't have her permission. I've well, never did, asked. Did her. she ultimately get help, or did I just? You read my mind. I've never asked her. Oh, I, okay. I don't think she did. Mm, that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you think that just certain, even dabbling in certain practices, yes. not having any type of uh, spiritual armor behind you could cause something like this? Uh, you know what I think this is? Okay. And I always say, we're not going to have the answers until we return home back ourselves, as I call it. But I do believe that there are different dimensions and astral realms. So yeah, you're going to get some more negative things and, and things astrally as we go lower. Um, And is that where these things come from? I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Like the same thing I'd mentioned earlier, not everything is demonic. TV wants you to believe it's actually quite rare. Mm -hmm. Um, It's becoming more, frequent i believe in the last couple of years collectively what's going on in the world with the arguing the fighting the fear i mean all these things and even my youngest son of autism explained it's it's food to these things if you will right and the more misery they can cause you the more powerful they can become including if somebody has something around them like that then drugs alcohol going through no sleep really strong periods of stress that makes you energetically weak. And I'm not one of these woo-woo light workers that talk just all about energy. I believe there has to be some science to it. And I think that there is with the energy I'm talking about. Oh yeah. It's definitely a science we don't understand. And there's so much we could talk about, Laura Lee. This has been fantastic. Uh, Before (laughs) you head out though, let the audience know a little bit about your show, the angel rock and anything else you got going on and how they can find you. Okay. And thank you so much for having me, Chris. I can't wait to have you back on my show because Chris told just as in, interesting. I don't know if my show, if anybody will find the stories interesting, but holy cow, we've had some strange experiences, Chris. Yeah. So 
I'm hoping to have him back on my show, The Angel Rock, which is live on Monday nights on it's the call letters or it's it's an internet radio show, but it's, I'll explain in a minute. It's called um, UFO Paranormal Radio or United Public Radio Network or just UPRN. And it's live. It's streamed on Facebook, our YouTube channels, my YouTube channel from 5 to 7 p.m. Central, um, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. I think about that. And what it is, is I cover all aspects of the supernatural, the esoteric with a little bit of truth seeking thrown in. And my guests that I have on are from all walks of life and from whatever they're doing professionally or extracurricularly, that they're making a positive change for humanity. And they share their personal stories, um, including yourself, like look what you're doing by having the network that you do, sharing information with people, you know, people need to hear the truth and hear things like this. So I have that. I have two groups on Facebook, one called Paranormal University for all things paranormal, and then the Angel Rocker Tribe for more of the spiritual, esoteric, um, power of the mind, power of positivity. I do have a store I'm going to be opening, hopefully very shortly. I'm working on it. I also do resin work. So for people that know what resin is, it's like a liquid plastic. You put it into molds and you make really cool things. So I have a spiritual line. I have probably about two to 300 different molds. So if you can think of it, I can make it. So that will be coming as well. And thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And what's the best way for if people are interested in oh, yes. purchasing some of yeah. that stuff? Okay, so the store is not open, but the best way to get a hold of me, or if you want to book a reading or whatever, you can get a hold of me on Facebook.com, The Angel Rock, or just look my name up. It's spelled very strangely, but you can find me on most social media platforms. I think I'm on pretty well all of them. So. Perfect. Laura Lee, this was great. Like I said, we kind Thank of you. barely scratched the surface of some of this stuff, so we will do it again soon. Thank you again for having me, Chris. I look forward to it. Of course. Until next time, everyone have an excellent evening. We'll talk in tomorrow. We'll see y'all then. Bye, everybody.